Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Is Roger Goodell doing a good job as NFL commissioner? In Super Bowl 53, we've got the Rams and the Patriots. We're going to break down all the matchups and give you our predictions. And we got some prop bets for you as well. Wait till you hear these. And the Tampa Bay Lightning take on the Islanders tonight. Can they bounce back from their 4-2 loss at Pittsburgh? All that and more on this Super Bowl edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, you know it's a new year, and if you have a new business or maybe you'd just like to sponsor our podcast with the, the business that you do own, we'd love to have you on Sports Day Tampa Bay. Here's what you do to get a hold of us. Just uh, contact us on Twitter at SportsDayTB. You can contact me at NFL Stroud. Or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. Our sponsors have seen great success advertising with this podcast. It is growing, as you know, so we'd love to have you as part of our team. All right, Steve, before we get to uh, Super Bowl 53, of course, uh, should be an exciting matchup in Atlanta, Rams and Patriots. We'll talk about that here in just a minute. But had an interesting question. Uh, you know, we do these things online. Uh, you can see them uh, at Sports Day TV, uh, we'll usually repost them or, or on Twitter, uh, also at TampaBay.com. But the question of our day uh, was basically this. Is, is Roger Goodell, the NFL commissioner, uh, doing a good job? And, of course, we saw him on, what was it, Wednesday with his State of the NFL address. He was Roger the Dodger a little bit. I mean, this is one of the things that he's extremely good at, which is saying nothing, blocking and bridging. And, and I think, you know, a number of years ago that would – that would suffice as just, you know, really good strategic PR. But nowadays, I think people actually want answers to their questions. So it just sounds like he's being evasive all the time. Um, but, you know, this is, I mean, he came from a political family. He's, he's pretty good at what he does in terms of trying to deflect uh, blame and, and things like this away from the NFL owners, which is part of his job. Um, but I wanted to get your, your opinion about it. I know I got mine. Um, you want me to go first or should you go? Sure, go ahead, go for it. Okay, well, here's, here's my thoughts, because I, I, think there are, I think there are two ways to sort of look at this, at least two ways. I mean, it depends on your perspective, right? If you're asking the general fan, they may have one answer. But So beauty is sort of in the eye of the beholder when it comes to evaluating Goodell uh, or my friend RG, because, you know, we're, we're buds like that. So um, if you're a team owner, like if you're one of the 32 dudes or women that, that own an NFL franchise – you have to absolutely just marvel in the way he's able to to grow these revenues. I think the last time I saw um, the revenues for the NFL were th- something like three point two billion a year. That's with a B, folks. Three point two billion a year. You got franchise values that are spiking through the roof. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys probably lead that with an estimated worth of about four point two billion. Then it would include uh, AT and T Stadium, and every team just about is valued at two billion. Or more now. Consider that the Glazers bought the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for 193 million. Okay, back in what 1995, and here they are several billion dollars later. Um, the other thing is, you know, you, you talk about your product and, and labor piece. You know, or can you can you play the games? Uh, that's not a small thing when you have to negotiate with a union. 
The last lockout was in 2011. Now, we'd be, we may be headed for another one in 2000, and, I think, 21, which happens to be the year of the Super Bowl in, in Tampa. But um, <clears throat> it's, uh, you know, it's been a relative labor piece. Not exactly, uh, I, I wouldn't say that they're, you know, they're singing Kumbaya together. There's been some, you know, some acrimonious moments between D. Smith, the uh, head of the NFLPA, and Roger about some issues. But for the most part, you know, the games have gone on, and that's that's a big thing when you're dealing with players' unions. The new stadiums that have popped up all over the all over the NFL in, in the years, you know, the past few years, I mean, just the last couple we've had Minnesota, which hosted the Super Bowl last year. Atlanta's a new stadium. That's why it's hosting this year. There's a new one being built in Los Angeles um, for the Rams, and I would assume the Chargers as well. And then the Raiders are building, you know, the new stadium going up in Las Vegas for when they – make their move uh, for Oakland. So, you know, you, you've had, I would say, you know, reopening of the Los Angeles TV market, the number two market in the country, to move not one but two franchises there. I hope they're stopping it too. And then internationally they've continued to grow the game, you know, with games in Mexico City. They play four of them in London, England now uh, across the pond. I think in time you'll see a team like Jacksonville or somebody uh, relocate over there. So, if you're the owners of a National Football League team and you're essentially the Roger Goodell's boss, there has to be a justification for paying him forty million dollars a year, okay, to take to take the heat for you, to make the decisions for you, and to grow the game, primarily financially and and and, and otherwise. Now, you know, have there here's where the criticism I think is fair, and I would think that most fans. I don't. I haven't done a poll on this, but I would think that fans in general would not be pleased with Roger Goodell. And I think the reason is is that the league, for the most part, Steve, has been too reactionary. You know, every time uh, something happens, they jump into crisis management mode rather than trying to prevent the crisis in the first place. And I think that, you know, that starts with the player dip, dip, discipline, easy for me to say, player discipline, which has been, I think, you know, at best it's been uneven. You know, they started with the whole Ray Rice debacle and, you know, Tom Brady getting, you know, four games, uh, uh, for allegedly uh, deflating footballs or for whatever role he had in that. Uh, you also have, you know, the the whole CTE thing, the head trauma that they've tried to combat. And actually, that's a win for the owners, I think, you know, when they reached what was a, a $1 billion settlement, which is, you know, relative nothing to uh, the kind of revenues we're talking about and what it could do to the game. Although they do have a problem because fewer and fewer uh, younger kids are, are playing uh, contact football uh, at a younger age. And then, and then there's the whole... You know, the whole social social injustice, uh, it, you know, situation mushrooming from Colin Kaepernick's protest, uh, how they let, you know, the President Trump sort of dictate the narrative there. It became, um, you know, sort of a sort of a I don't know what, what you call it, but but fans were upset about about people taking a knee during the anthem, the wrong, you know, the wrong time to protest, that sort of thing. And then, of course, the latest gaffe, Steve, is is just the referees. I mean, I think you could go back and look at the NFL, for the most part, and say they've struggled um, with instant replay. They've struggled with rules like what is a catch. I'm not sure anybody is sure about that to this day. Um, you know, when, when and how plays are, are challenged or reviewed. And then, of course, we saw, you know, the stone silence uh, from the league uh, except, except a quote through Sean Payton from their head of referees about the non-call against New Orleans. So I think from, you know, just the way um, – whether people, you know, think games are fair, the op the optics of that right now has gotten them a little bit, and I don't think it's anything they can't overcome. But overall, like you take all of that and, and wrap it up and say, 
what is the, the most watched uh, spectator sport in the country? It's the National Football League. Well, I'm going to disagree with you slightly in that he's been a resounding success as a commissioner. <laughs> you took my success and upped it. No, right? I mean, first of all, if you're going to look at the job description, if, if Roger Goodell stepped down tomorrow yeah, and you put a job description up, mm-hmm. it's going to be grow revenues, mm-hmm. keep the 32 owners happy, yeah, grow in popularity, yep, and you know handle crisis situations, and he's That's done true. them phenomenally. Now, he is the heel of the league. We've talked about this before. You know, the other day we were talking about you know you you like to have a heel in the matchup, whether it's Tom Brady or Bill yeah, Belichick. Well, Roger Goodell so is the heel of the league. His job mm-hmm. is to not be liked. If he's liked, you've got a problem <laughs> by the fans. Probably, yeah. I mean, you know, Adam Silver's a great commissioner. There's a lot of people don't like him. At the NBA, he's another great commissioner. But Roger Goodell's job is to be the punching bag for fans and everything else, which is why he gets paid $40 million. Punch me, get upset with me, whether it's over discipline. Look, under under what what he's done, they've moved teams to L.A., as you talked about. They're moving a team to Vegas. They've gotten Mm -hmm. new stadiums. Revenue's at an all-time high every year. Yep. They've made the game safer. They've taken out a lot of the hits and everything else. Yep. The, the audience Although isn't going people, away. The audience isn't going away. Well, they're not com- going they away. They complain, but they're not. Yeah, they're not yeah. not watching. No, they're watching, and, and you're right. But uh, you know, people say, "Well, you you ruined the game, or you changed the game." But hey, uh, a hey, lot of games have changed. Don't we complain about in you know, for instance, baseball? They're too slow to change, like pace of play stuff and things like yes, that. Yes, we do. The NFL yes, is do. not. They will change. Whether it's the kickoff extra points, rules, extra whether it's points. hitting kickoffs, I mean, you name it, mm-hmm. they will change. They're not afraid to to change the game for what they think will make it a better product long term and, and better is okay. relative in certain things. I mean, you know, if you want to, if you don't like the hitting out of the game, well, they're trying to keep the players playing longer and, and avoid health problems. Uh, you know, sure, minimize them. I suppose it's not you're not going to. Well, avoid they have to. They have to have a, a game that's safe. Otherwise, their unlimited resource of talent. Um, would be reduced because mommies won't let their sons play football. I mean, that's that's really what what would kill the game or watch it. I mean, you don't want a situation where it becomes boxing, for example. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. That, I mean, you know, and and you want your stars playing. You don't want Aaron Rodgers yes. out for the season. You don't want, you don't want Tom Brady that's, out for the season. That's right. That's you know, right. You don't want you don't want your stars gone. You want them on television every single Sunday. That's right. You know, he that's he's right. I mean, they've they've made drastic changes in the safety of the game. And, and there's lots of complaining about it, mm-hmm. but the ratings and revenues keep going up. Look, even through the anthem protest, and you know the ratings were down some, a little bit, but the revenues keep going up, and the ratings are bouncing back. He's yeah, handled it, that. It was a, sh- it was a short-lived. I mean, I, I thought that they felt again. I thought they reacted and reacted poorly to a couple comments. You know, it was pretty much going away. There was like maybe all of five players that were even taking a knee. Nobody was noticing. But then the president said something, and then the owners got on both sides of the issue, first protecting their players and then trying to come up with some kind of policy or whatever. But um, at the end of the day, um, look, you know, I think, I think Goodell, for the most part, has gotten over on the players' union. I, 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 this next negotiation is going to be really interesting. But players are their own worst enemies because they need to decide what's important to them. And I think too often, you know um, – you know, you can't, you can't complain about the few players. I mean, there's 1,600 players in the league. 
there might be a handful that could face discipline, and you can't. The players would be sacri- stupid if that's their if that's their biggest move right. Going you can't into the sacrifice. Next yeah, and and they, and that's what happens is is that they're like, well, do you want a higher percentage of revenues, or would you like a, a bigger appeal process for these disciplinary issues? Which most of the guys are like, I'm not going to get disciplined for stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, screw it, give me the money. Give me you the know, money. Give me the health with, benefits. Give me the right. uh, everything else. You know, take care of the, the veteran players that are and for health benefits. Take you know all those things that are important. Sure, and so you have to give to give something. It's like people talk about well, you know, safety of the game. Well, you know what? Get rid of these Thursday night games. They're not getting rid of these Thursday night games because players make a hell of a lot of money off those Thursday night games. If you told the average don't forget, player, yeah, the player, the players make fifty four percent of every dollar. That's right. Of, of profit so in you, the NFL. If you looked at that contract for Thursday night football and you told the players, okay, we're going to give each of you on average. You know, one hundred fifty to two hundred fifty thousand dollars less per year, based on what you make. Uh, they're going to go. Nah, I'm good with it. In fact, the big lie about Thursday night football, while I'm sure it's you know it, it's more of a cumulative thing, I don't think you see the result necessarily on Thursday night. Although people will argue that sometimes the play is lackluster. Um, really, the the players love Thursday night football, and I'll tell you why. Because when they get done playing Sunday and they're all beat up and sore, they're not going to mm-hmm. do anything on Monday anyway. And then for that week, the practices are walkthroughs. There are no practices. Yeah. I mean, you don't run at all. You know, you, you do walkthroughs on Tuesday, walkthroughs on Wednesday, travel on, on Wednesday night, play on Thursday, and then guess what you get? Ten week, days off. Weekend off. Yeah, you get a whole weekend off during the season. It's like a mini-bye week, if you will. You can scatter. You can go home. You can go wherever. you got four days where you don't have to do anything, and um, it actually works out pretty well for them. So – you know, all those things that, that uh, I think, you know, you read about the average fan complaining about. And, look, I wish I wish Roger had, you know, I think the one thing they fail at is, uh, you know, they manage crisis, but they, like I said, they don't do much to try to avoid them. Like, you can get in front of some issues when you have mistakes. Well, I but, think it was a mistake to be silent about this play in New Orleans, for example. Well, but thought. here's the thing, and, and time will tell, because we'll see ultimately what the NFL does. But right. generally what they do is they kind of go into a shell – they figure out yeah, what they they're going to do to fix it and then come out with it. Or the, not fix it. Or, or, or not. Everybody's yeah, forgotten yeah, about it. They're going to yeah. figure out what they're going to do first. They, they're not ones to, this just happened, let's react today. Sure. And throw people under the bus, whatever else. I mean, right. you know, by the, time, by the time the summer happens, they either, they, that may be a reviewable play. It's possible some of the officials in that game are fired. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen. I don't know anything, but... You know, no. but they're not going to react the next day to that. That's not what they do. And no. and let's not forget, crises are not necessarily bad for a league. When well, people are I mean, talking you, about you, when people, uh, I'm not saying you you're actively want your official to botch that play. That's not what I'm I'm saying at all. But how it's many not how many good for the but how many non football fans were talking about that as well as the ones who watched the well, game? Well, I now, understand. I, that. I, I'm not saying I, you you want that, but human mistakes happen. And yeah, the talk and the buzz about it isn't 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 always all bad. I'm not I'm not saying Goodell's happy it happened. Don't get me wrong when I say that. But people are talking about the league. People are yeah, talking about I, the Super Bowl, and even some that may not have been talking about it. Couple things on that. I would say one: you never want to alienate a single fan base like you no. would like you have the, the fans of New Orleans. I, I I think you know that is that is a great franchise so you never want to take of course they did it in new england when they suspended brady but you know maybe brady had it coming to him the other thing is is that um let's not be naive remember that this league's popularity is based on gambling okay it is the perfect gambling sport absolutely 
because um, it's the perfect TV sport. They play mm-hmm. on a rectangular field, and TVs are rectangular. And everybody, you know, can can gamble. And now fantasy football is just added to that um, in- incrementally, uh, you know, which is a huge, huge boon for them. So what you cannot have in a gambling situation like the NFL or any sporting event is you don't want regulation. You don't want a bunch of senators coming in there and saying, hey, here's what, here's what you have to do mm-hmm. to – to, to make your league look and appear fair. So, you know, this whole, and I thought it was nonsense, you know, the whole narrative about, well, four of these referees are from Southern California when, in fact, they weren't uh, from Southern California. But even if they were, it's stupid to think there was a conspiracy there. But nonetheless, you have to you have to definitely react to anything, um, you know, that would, would somehow create an optic that your game is not original. I agree, but here's here's the thing, and and – We'll see what the NFL ultimately does with this. But anything they said Monday after that game was not going to appease the Saints fans. Anything nope. Roger Goodell would have said Wednesday's press conference was not going to appease that. They have to figure out what they're going to do. It doesn't, if he True. came out the next day and said, we botched it, it doesn't change anything. It doesn't appease the Saints fans. It does not. But nothing. don't you think they want to hear it, though? I mean, I mean not officially hear it, not from Sean Payton sure. saying, I talked to the head of the officials. Sure. But you also have, and let's not forget about this, when you've got gambling interest and everything else, Roger Goodell comes out the next day and says, we botched it. They get sued the next day. Well, I mean, they admitted they, I mean, he well, admitted. I, they do. Whether but, it's the but, next but, day or three days later, but, he admitted but they it's, got it's a, you know, But it, it's, it's the optics of that, too. Of, But what he's saying is it's part of the game. Like, it's in well, the game. We, we, we are refereeing with human beings, and human beings make mistakes, and that's always been a part of... The human element has always been a part of their game. It's so, in every sport we know. I mean, we've lost right. a, I mean, baseball lost a no-hitter because a guy couldn't get the call at first base right. right. Exactly. You know, exactly. I mean, that, refereeing mistakes have happened since the age of time of sports. Sure. I mean, just, just like players make the mistakes, the referees do the same thing. That's right. I mean, nothing Roger Goodell could have said Wednesday or the day after that game was going to change anything. So right. why don't you figure out what you're going to do first, which is what the NFL usually does, goes into a shell, figures it out. And yeah. then and then lays out their plan of action, inaction, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the old it's the old PR theory. If you want a one day story, you know, don't react to it. If you want a two day story, then react to it because then people will react to your reaction. But, but so you, just, you always ask you you always say with you know, whether it's signing Kareem Hunt or whatever else, and this is not, it's not the same scenario, but have the press conference. Yeah. Roger Goodell well, comes tough. out that Monday, have the press conference. You think well, I think he, because, and he says, Look, he has the official blew it. I mean, the official yeah. blew it. I mean, is that going to stop people talking about it or complaining or saying the Saints got jobbed? No, but I would, I would, I would say that he probably should have reacted sooner. He wasn't going to say anything different than he did on Wednesday, and he did know that the Super Bowl was coming up. Mm-hmm. I, th- I just think that you know he was going to stand there for an hour and not answer questions on Wednesday. So, what would you know a butt for the sake of what ten days um, to get his to get his stuff together and and to also. You know, also figure out too what the what the complaints are. I mean, sort of like, um, you know, what did happen? I mean, you got to do your own little bit of research mm-hmm. too to make sure that there isn't anything deeper than just you know a bunch of three blind mice out there not seeing what everybody else saw in real time. Um, now they'll go down. the The, the big lie is is that the the, the uh, competition committee, which by the way Sean Payton sits on, will meet somewhere usually a, a, a trendy little place like Naples or you know some six star resort on the beach. And they do this like a, a week or so before the owners' meetings in Arizona, 
and they'll decide nothing <laughs> because um, one, they got their families with them and they want to get out to the water, and two, um, you know, it's, I mean, it's one play. You know, I mean, what what happens is is that you go back and you say, okay, how many plays have you know, m- you know, turn turn the outcome of a Super Bowl and a championship game. At best, there might there might be a an allowance for. I mean, I've heard this this sort of talk about you know, uh, over like one one crisis overturning by a referee that's at the game that says you guys blew it. You know what I mean? Like it's a kind of a booth thing where it said, whoa, 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 no, I got we got to get mm-hmm. that one right. It's too uh, it's a blatant call that was missed. Okay, but that's still what what the talk is going to be is that this this is a you know as it always is like where do you draw the line because. You know, if, if it's a non-call, we're going to try to reverse, and then no, no play, no mm-hmm. penalty was thrown. So now we're going to actually throw penalties on non-calls. Okay, what about holding? You know, you're going to tell me that if a quarterback, you know, guy's tackling uh, a pass rusher and he's absolutely going to destroy the guy, and he gets tackled, and the quarterback throws a touchdown pass, and they win the Super Bowl or go win a game to go to the Super Bowl, that's that's not egregious. You know, so it, it really is. It's it's the old Pandora's box. You're gonna call thing. pick plays with pass interference. That yeah, there the you go. Game winning right. touchdown right. called back because of a pick play that the official didn't call, but replay right. reviews. Right. Oh no, it was obvious he ran into him, and so you know, then you then you put it in the hands of one guy who's who's the replay booth official or a guy in New York. There will be a lot of of discussion, and my prediction is they will do absolutely mm-hmm. nothing. Well, Maybe they'll add. You know um, the the catastrophic call yep. reversal or something uh, like that. I, I mean, know. let's not forget too with New Orleans, they had the ball first in overtime and a shot to win. Oh sure, it, this no, game, this just... wasn't the last play of the game that decided. That was no. the final play. I mean, no. And now had, had much, that play gone New awful. Orleans' way, they probably win. Oh sure, but oh, sure it wasn't do. the final because... play, and they had the ball in overtime. Well, and and furthermore, um, you know, even by kicking the field goal, but you know, even by kicking the field goal, which they did. You know, had Sean Payton run the ball a few times, then maybe the Rams don't have enough time to go back down there and kick a field goal to send it to overtime. I mean, this game was far from over, you know. So, um, and you're right, there was plenty of plays after that that decided the game. So, but anyway, the overall question, we're both in agreement anyway, and we'd like to get your feedback. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. You guys can tweet us at SportsDayTV just to see what you think about Roger Goodell and the job he's doing. Well, like, and, and at the end of the day, there's only 32 people that matter. And, and until True. until fans stop watching the NFL because they don't like Roger Goodell, then right. then you have to say he's done a f- fantastic job for the NFL. Yeah, because I mean, I the 32 he owners, he's made them a lot of money, grown the sport in popularity tremendously, mm-hmm. expanded internationally to Los Angeles to Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and he's guided them through several. Well, you say controversies, what, you know, whether it's the domestic violence stuff, whether it's um, the national anthem protest, they keep growing. He's done a fantastic right. job as far as 32 owners are concerned. And they're the ones yeah, well, who decide whether he keeps his job and w- what to pay him. 31 because, you know, Jerry Jones was pretty, 
pretty wow. hacked off about the whole Ezekiel Elliott thing. But then the owners came back on Jerry and made him pay a fine for for trying to <laughs> trying to cause trouble. So I really believe he got it wrong. Oh, he tried to he tried to have a palace coup, man. He tried to get rid of Roger, but it mm-hmm. didn't work because the other the other two are too happy. The thirty one are too happy. So yeah, good question. Uh, you guys can check out our answers from uh, our various staffers too on TampaBay.com. Um, but we thought we'd get into that a little bit. Okay, let's talk about um, the matchup, Super Bowl 53. I've looked at this uh, game uh, sideways, front, backwards, all everything else. And um, I don't know. Look, uh, I will just say this, and, and, and uh, before we get into our predictions, I think the Rams are a more talented football team than the Patriots. Now, that's probably could be said about a lot of Patriots Super Bowls, but – Regardless, and I know it's one game, and so you got to give Brady and Belichick an edge, and they're favored in this game. But um, this is not, and we say this every year, but this is really not one of the more talented Patriots Super Bowl teams. Um, this one isn't even as talented as, as I think, as the team that um, that played and came back from the twenty. What was it, twenty-eight to three deficit against Atlanta two years Atlanta. ago? Atlanta, yeah, and and remember. A lot of these same guys, I think there's 30-something players that were part of the, the team that lost to Philly last year, which was a great Super Bowl. And, again, they play close Super Bowls, so let's just I – would, I would suspect this one will be no different. The which Patriots, is really amazing if you say there's only 30 players, the amount of turnover. Yeah. It's not much this From time. From one year. year. Well, no, I mean, that's quite a bit. I mean, you've got, a, what, a 53-man well, roster, and you're saying 53 there's 53-man roster, but I think the average so in the 60 NFL per- – 60% of your roster's back, maybe 65 yeah, the average I think in the NFL year to year, regardless of coaching changes, is about twenty five percent. Right. So um, they're a little uh, north of that, but you know, Belichick being Belichick, he can. He no, can, it's, he's a ma- it's master. A, of, yeah, it's amazing what they do with their roster every year. Yeah. So, um, but you know, I I just when I look at the Rams, I think what's going to happen here, Steve, is I I think that we we know Belichick is going to try uh, to take away and make life difficult for Jared Goff and try to take away you know, the best players, whether that's Brandon Cooks, you know, who's who's our deep explosive threat wide receiver. Um, you know, you gotta you gotta believe that they, they don't want they don't want Todd Gurley to beat them. And I know Gurley well, that's barely the big touched question. the ball. Is Gurley CJ Anderson? Uh I I tend to think he's not as healthy as he was earlier, but I don't know that that was the problem in this last game. But, but if you really look at the last six eight weeks of the Rams, he has not yeah. been the same running back. No, I mean, now, look, what's that wrong knee, and what what what's hurting, or that I have yeah. no idea. That knee is clearly an issue. I mean, it's he's not. You're right, and it's the end of the year, and running backs take more punishment than most. So that's the factor. That's why C.J. Anderson is here. I mean, he was here to kind of like spackle the cracks, and then he turned out to be a guy that was running over people. And so I think that Sean McVay, and I think it was the right thing to do, by the way. And I've seen coaches do this if you have an option. Sean McVay, he went with a hot hand. Look, mm-hmm. it's really hard to get two guys off in the running game in any football. I mean, we, I lived it with, with Allstott and Dunn for years. You know what I mean? You end up neither one of them ever get going, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so it's a real fine line to walk. You need a lot of possessions and a lot of plays to be able to have both those guys, you know, touch it 15, 20 times. Well, especially each. in today's game where it's more of a passing game than a running game. Exactly. Anyway. Exactly. But I think – here's what I think I think, as Peter King would say – they, I think that New England, and they've done this before, they don't want to get into a shootout with the Rams. What New England wants to do is turn this into a, a brawl, turn this into a slow. This game won't look like the NFL throughout their whole regular season, in my opinion. 
this game will look like the old NFL, um, where running backs will be the key to both to both offenses. And that's what I believe because we know that the Patriots are going to get the ball out of Brady's hands, and he's got three of them. You know, James White. You know, he loves throwing the ball to. Um, uh, you know the, the, the rookie from Georgia. I mean, they've they've got they've got a whole you know Burkhart, the whole backfield, Sony Michelle that can Sony Michelle that can do everything, and so you know to to keep Tom from getting hit, he's been hit I think eleven percent of his dropbacks, which is one of the lowest in the league. I think the average is twenty something percent. Um, you know it, that's that's where they live, and they're perfectly comfortable driving the ball. Eight plays, ten plays, twelve plays, and it and it keeps the other team off the field, which they like, because they're not going to want the Rams to have you know a ton of possessions and um, know that they're pretty explosive on that side of the ball. So, I think that you're going to see that now. Now, if I'm Sean McVay, McVay knows that they're going to try to take away his bread and butter. But if I'm McVay on defense, I want my I want Wade Phillips to find a way to hit Brady. To me, you know. And, and and they'll obviously Brady gets rid of the ball quick and this is why. But you might as well make Brady go downtown. You might as well take away, you know, the little flat routes and all these other things and, and challenge him to beat you deep. And that sounds stupid, but I like I like their I like covering their outside receivers more than I do trying to stop those running backs. And and so, you know, to me, you gotta you gotta find a way to to ta- to challenge him with a key to leap. With those guys one on one, and make him make him throw it down the field because he has to hold it a little bit, um, and take away his easy throws. And so, I'm anxious to see then if Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue, you know, the the power of, of that defense is right up in Brady's face. It's right in front of him. It's the closest space that they can close in the middle. So you know you can get up there quick, and then they also have Dante Fowler, who's pretty good coming off the edge. So you know they have to do something to to, to make to make Tom get hit. They have to. I agree, but I think the, the most important thing for the Rams defense to do is take away the running game. New England is a running team. They are. They're not they thought are. of that way. And no, it's, it, sounds, it sounds crazy to sit there and say, I'd rather make Tom Brady beat me. But if you take away that running game, that changes that offense completely. The problem is is that they use, they use the running game, like those little passes in the flat, that's mm-hmm. an extension of their yes, running game. Yes, like in other is. words, they don't have to turn and hand it off. But I'm with you. You have to stop those running backs because that's their offense. Their offense is predicated on running the ball, um, throwing it to them, you know, uh, let, let the outside receivers and, and, and even Gronk. I mean, Gronk's a tough matchup. If I have to double somebody, I'm going to try to double him because he's, he's not as fast as he used to be. Um, he's certainly physical. You, you know, Mark Barron will try to cover him. You know, you're going to have to get probably two people and bracket them at best. But let them let them try to throw to Gronk into double coverage, and then I take my chances. Look, there's a reason why you got these two free agent defense you know, cornerbacks that are both healthy now, both playing, and and they got to win the game for my defense. That and the defensive line. I, I just I think you, you're right. You take away the running backs if you're the Rams. That's well, the focus. Of I this think whole the other thing. part of it is if you take away the running game, you're going to lengthen the game. Mm-hmm. And I think if you're the Rams, you want more possessions. You I mean, do. What, what New England did to Kansas City in that first half was just eat the clock. They tempoed them, yeah. Absolutely. Kansas City was they, barely they, on the field in the first half, and that's why they didn't yeah. score in the first half. And yeah, I think the Patriots' game plan is going to be similar. Now, how they get there, we'll see. But it's right. eat the clock, long drives, and keep sure. the Rams off the field. So, sure. you know, I, it's going to be really interesting how aggressive McVay is in, from play calling, especially mm-hmm. on third downs. 
will he go for it on fourth and, and how risky he wants to be and even the special teams, which I think the Rams have an edge in special teams, how Heck aggressive really he's going to be to try to steal possessions. Yeah. Well, I think he knows he's got to be aggressive against Bill. I mean, Bill Bill's going to do some stuff, and, and, you know, you only get one shot at winning a Super Bowl. Um, he's got to feel like, you know, that they've, they've got experience on their side. I mean, we saw him. He made the greatest call in the NFC Championship game was the fake punt. I mean, I'm convinced convinced that New Orleans, first of all, should have scored a touchdown when they mm-hmm. got the ball the first two possessions. They didn't, so it's 6 nothing. But even then, it's fourth down at their own 30-yard line, and he, he orders up a fake punt. If yep. that fails, if that punt fails, and the guy caught the ball short of the sticks, by the way, and they missed the tackle. If that fails and New Orleans takes the ball over at the plus 30 and scores a touchdown, that game's over, I think. Yeah, but even, I, if, you punted, just, even if you punted it and they went down and scored a touchdown, the game might have been over. And that's, well, that's the been. risk McVay took. I mean, ironically, it was the same play the Saints called the, the week before. It was, it was, but but he got him going, mm-hmm. and 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 it was an aggressive call, and I think that's what you're talking about. Like you have to stay aggressive to stay in the game because the Patriots are going to keep you in the game. They're not they're not going to score, you know, in two minutes, uh, you know, explosive plays all over the field. I mean, they're you know they're not going to run away. That's why their Super Bowls are usually generally close because they don't they don't typically run and hide from you. Um, so you're going to have a chance to stay in the game, but. Um, I, I think you're right, and then you know you've got you've got two really good kickers in this game. I think I think Zerline probably has a little stronger leg maybe than Goskowski, but you got two really good ones. Um, you know, it's a it's a good matchup, and it and it's it's going to be if Sean McVay wins this game, okay, he will become like the coaching. I mean, I know Belichick will still be Belichick with the rings and the hardware, but Belichick will be five and four in Super Bowls. But the star in L.A. of Sean McVay will rise. And he's 33. You can't, 33 years old that you can't imagine. He will be the boy wonder. He will be the, he, the, the NFL. He will own the NFL. That's all. It will be McVay's world. They'll call it, you know, the NFL McVay or something. I, I, I mean, it'll, it'll be his league at that point. Because the core of their team, while they have a bunch of free agents and stuff, the core of their team is still very, very young. I mean, mm-hmm. they've won – 26 games in the right what in the regular season the last two years something like that mm-hmm. um you know they're they're destroying people and last time i checked the the nfc west you know i don't see arizona bouncing back or san francisco seattle made a little bit of a san francisco a be better because you'll year. have garoppolo back sure seattle's always good but yeah i don't i don't see i don't see where anyone's going to challenge los angeles next no, year i don't either i think they'll win the division and i think they'll have a high seed again so we could, we could see Sean McVay, but regardless whether we see him or not, he'll be the flavor of the month, of the week, and of the year. He already is. They're already poaching all his coaches, which is going to be interesting oh, how he yeah. restocks that, too. Yeah, right. It's too young to have a coaching tree, right? He's like, he's really, really too young. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, – so I'll go – we'll go into the prediction business now. I'm going to say everything you've heard me say. I, I think the Rams win the game. I think it's it's going to be a field goal type game. I'm going to say, you know, like a like a 28-24, 28-20, you know, uh well 25 nobody gets scores 25, but like in that in that range, about a field goal, maybe I'll take under 30 points, but uh but that's sort of where I see it. I'm going to go Patriots 23-20. Okay, really low scoring. Okay. Yeah, I think I think I think New England's going to shorten this game. Yeah. 
just like they they they, they, they did very successfully against Kansas City in the first against half. Against Kansas City, the first half. I think they're going to shorten the Kansas- game. I think you're going to get. I think you're going to get some field goals from both sides. Yeah. Well, and then Kansas City came out in the second half and scored 30 points in 31 minutes. Or they did, and which was amazing because Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey were pretty did much nothing. non-existent, and they still scored all those points in the second half. Right, right. Yeah, that just shows was, you how that dynamic that Kansas City offense can be. It can be, and they, you know, but for a coin toss, maybe you know, maybe I mean, they're I, in this I, one. I still think the Rams are the better team, but I'm going to go with the experience of the Patriots. Well, you can't you can't managing the moment, managing you know the situations of the game. Yep, Uh, I mean, and they'll and they will play a full sixty or seventy minutes, whatever it takes. That's that's how they've won. I mean, you you look at the game, the games they've lost have been crazy plays, catches off the helmet and stuff. Probably they probably could have won them all, but the games they did win, a couple of last second field goals, a handoff at the one yard line, interception instead instead of the handoff. Um, you know, just just nutty stuff that happens right at the end. Uh, so that's that's kind of the way they do it. All right, so that's our Super Bowl predictions. Uh, moving on now to the uh, Tampa. Bay. Oh, there's some prop bets too, aren't there? Some prop bets. Oh, there's all kinds of prop bets. Yeah. So who are they going to show during the national anthem first? Tom Brady or Jared Goff? Got to be Brady. Not. Mm-hmm. I don't even think show it's Brady a, first. Absolutely. I mean, the league could go the other way and say, let's get the young guy, you know, and yeah. try to sell. Market him a little bit, but I'm going to say Brady. All right. How long the national anthem goes? 105 seconds is the over-under. It's Gladys Knight, but I don't think she has the pips, or it would tend to be long. Soulful singers usually drag it out a little bit, mm-hmm. um, but she's old school, so she might be more traditional. Um, I'm going to take the under. Okay. On Gladys How Knight. about, will Sean McVay be tackled to the ground by get-back coach Tom or Ted Rath during the game? <laughs> That's the weirdest thing in the world, man. I told you, I wish I had a personal get-back coach. It would help my life a lot. Um, no, he won't be tackled to the ground, but he will be shoved off the field probably a few times. I don't think they'll tackle him, though. Right. Will Andre 3000 join Big Boy on stage during the halftime show to, to reunite Outcast? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Where's that? Is that? That could be. Maybe that's why they didn't have the press conference. There's going to well, be some big boy, surprises. Well, Big maybe. Boy is coming. Andre 3000, they have not – I mean, he's not committed to anything. So, But everyone thinks it's going to be he's a not, reuniting yeah. outcast in Atlanta for yeah, half Maybe. Maybe. I guess the league would have to approve that. I don't know. Yeah. What color tie will t- Tony Romo wear? The primary color on his tie? <clears throat> um, well, he predicted he was going to wear a uh, red tie. Blue is the most uh, – blue's the – Most favorite. Yeah. yeah. Uh, will Tony that's Romo's one. tie be one solid color? That's a bet. I don't. I don't know. Really, that's a bet. <laughs> so you could you could really make some money if you knew Tony Romo. I mean, yeah. you could like, hey, yo, Tony, tell me what you're wearing, dog. Yeah. Will Will Donald Trump congratulate the winners via Twitter? Yes. Well, it depends who wins. Everything. I think. If it's well, Brady, if it's Brady, think... he will. I hate California. It's a terrible state. No, I don't know. Willie? I mean, what? I mean, he's a big Brady guy. Brady, yeah, so has I mean, a Brady and Kraft Mag- are his boys. So. Yeah, that's, yeah, he'll crank out. Definitely congratulate yeah. them. Will any player take a knee during the anthem? No. Will any scoring drive take less time than the national anthem? Probably. Well, they have that over Probably. at, what, 105 seconds. So it's, what, a minute 45? So any- yeah, that's, I mean, that's a two minute drive, essentially. You see those at the end of, of a half. Um, that's, that's not unusual. Maybe a turnover. I'd say yes. So, yeah, some of the prop bets. And then well, the first well, the total number of points Mar- be exactly 53 for Super Bowl 53. That's a prop. <laughs> no. 
Um, there was also the uh, the first song played by Maroon Five. Yeah, that one's closed now. It looks like so maybe the set list oh, is, is out. Although you could still, oh, I think you could still bet the number of songs performed by Maroon Five. So we know what the pl- we know what the list is. You think? I don't, but I'm they've uh, the site I'm looking at has closed the uh, first song performed oh, by Maroon okay. Five. Bet. I'm so thinking they probably because they've had rehearsals in Atlanta now that maybe uh, it's yeah probably out. probably get out. I would say moves like Jagger will be first, or girls like you. Okay. One of those. One of those two. We'll see. Love Maroon Five. Saw them in person. At uh, I'm going to name drop at the uh, DeBartolo Fourth of July party. About 200 of us, three feet away. This was before yeah. they became. They were big, but they weren't as big as, as they are right now. Oh, but, uh, anyway, the, the color um, of the Gatorade for the first uh, the port on the game-winning coach. That's a crazy one. I'm going to say blue. Uh, blue is the third most popular. No, fourth. Really? Uh, lime, yellow? green, or yellow is lime. the most popular. Orange next, and then clear or water. Well, that's the favorite. I mean, the lime green is the is the mo- is the yeah. original. Purple so not getting much love. So you can make a lot of money if purple's poured first. <laughs> These are crazy. All right. Let's go on to the Tampa Bay Lightning. They take on the Islanders tonight. Um, we got to see if they can bounce back from the 42 loss to Pittsburgh, where they just decided uh, after they got down four to nothing, they're just going to hit everybody. Um, but you know what? I think this is the we talked about the other night, Steve. This is the reverse of what they were facing. Mm-hmm. Um, they're now the team that has played a game, and they'll be playing a team that's been off a while, right? Yeah, the Islanders. This is their return from their the All Star break mm-hmm. slash bye week. So they have sure. not played in 9, 10, 11 days, whatever it is. Lightning has a game under their belt. so. But it's yeah. a back-to-back in New York this weekend. you got the Islanders, and it is on Long Island at Nassau Coliseum this uh, Friday night, and then uh, the Rangers Saturday night. Interesting. Yeah, well, I, they've done a good job of not losing two in a row. I mean, this has been the thing for them, you know. And uh, particularly Vasilevsky has done a really good job not losing two in a row. When he plays, yeah. and I assume he'll play Friday night, Right against the and Islanders. Get Saturday to against the Rangers, and then D- D- Domingue would get Saturday against the Rangers. That's my guess. And the Rangers aren't that good, right? I mean, they're, they're no, they're not. The Islanders are leading the Metro Division. Yeah, so this will be the tougher game. So yeah, Vassy will probably play tonight. Well, usually they like uh, to get him out there after a loss because he plays right. really well. Yeah, and he doesn't lose much, so no. you got to give him that. And I, and really, those goals early were uh, they weren't really on him per se, but no, um, I don't think any of the goals you could say were on him. I mean, you know, no, they, there were some breakdowns, there were some bounces, some good plays by yeah. Pittsburgh, but none of them were on him. Right, right. Yeah, he'll he'll be better this the, the, on on tonight's game. So uh, it's going to be a busy, great Super Bowl weekend, and um, lots to talk about on Monday. Of course, there'll be a couple of lightning games mixed in there. We're close to race Fan Fest, which we're going to be at, right, Steve? Yeah, we'll be there next Saturday. So we'll be mm-hmm. taping some interviews with some of the players and coaches. So uh, if you're out at race Fan Fest, please stop by and see us. Uh, I'm not yeah. sure exact location. Last year we were set up kind of right by the Rays dugout. That's right. Um, kind of right by first base or just pat beyond first base there. So I'm not we'll sure have if our we'll little banner. We might year. have a might be a banner out there somewhere. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure know. we will. Carrie will have that set up for us. So yeah. So come by and say hi because I know there's a lot of people that um, you know don't get to see us. Obviously, yeah. Mark uh, Topkin will be joining us for some of those interviews as well. So yeah, that'll be great. It'll this will be good, and we'll have we'll have all of that for you. Um, you know, that the previous, the next week, of course, and leading up to uh, spring training and pitchers and catchers and all that baseball almost here. But football will wrap up uh, this weekend. So uh, I guess you could say it's sort of the official. You're last not watching of the, the AAF class. next weekend? I am not. I am not. No, no one's asked me to cover it yet either. I guess the closest team is Orlando. Is that Spurrier? Yeah, is I believe team? he is. Yes. Yeah. So, no, haven't been asked to do that. Um, hoping I'd not, but, you know, my bosses <laughs> have their own ideas. So, 
Well, uh, go out there and see see Spurrier. I did see, you know, I saw Steve Spurrier's first game for the Bandits. Yes, that's when, right. Uh, when he coached uh, in the USFL in Tampa. Yeah. so You should advocate to, to cover the, uh, the Orlando team. <laughs> yeah, it would be a perfect little little symmetry there, the first and last of his career. Um, I'm surprised he still does it, but he loves ball, so what can you say? Anyway, um, we appreciate you guys listening. And, hey, uh, seriously, if you have a business, you guys want to sponsor our podcast, we still have some openings uh, for you, um, and uh, you can do that by contacting us at Sports Day Tampa Bay. You can do it on Twitter at Sports Day TB or uh, contact me at NFL Stroud or address, uh, email address rstroud at tampabay.com. So go Rams, go Patriots, whoever you're rooting for. I hope your team wins in Super Bowl 53. And have a great Super Bowl Sunday, everybody. We'll talk to you on Monday. 